Well, the storylines in the Big 12 are never-ending. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you as we roll through another week. And guys, as we dive into a busy show, please remember to take a second out, leave us a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast. It does help us tremendously keep growing this show. And if you leave us a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, we'll get you a free koozie, a Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Thanks so much, guys. And where do you want to start? I mean, we talked about the games on our Sunday podcast. Go check out the podcast there if you're listening to this on the radio or anywhere else. We recap the games on podcast-only Sunday afternoons. But the storylines now, after another wild week of games, are endless. And there's a couple that, that need to be talked about off the top. First off, Tom Herman, Texas. Think about this with Texas. They are... An onside kick recovery against Texas Tech away from being 0-3. With a senior quarterback, a four-year starter, and a year that Tom Herman got two new coordinators on both sides of the ball and was expected to compete for a Big 12 title, he is an onside kick recovery against Texas Tech, who's not exactly lighting the world on fire, from being 0-3 in Big 12 play. Things are not good. They are not good at all. In Austin right now. And when you look at what else is happening off the field, he's dealing with this whole Eyes of Texas thing. So the Eyes of Texas, of course, the song that uh, Texas players, you know, after the game, they go up to the fan base, they put the horns up, and they sing the school song. Nobody showed up after the game following their loss to OU on Saturday, except for Sam Ellinger, the quarterback, and a couple of other players. Now Tom Herman has to relitigate this whole thing. If you recall, with all the social justice stuff over the summer, there were some recommendations and changes that were made uh, by the university and by the football program. One of the requests that players had was to ditch the eyes of Texas because, uh, you know, the background is kind of complicated. But essentially, here's the story. The song was written in 1903 and meant as a comical jab at the school president at that time. What ended up happening, students created a satirical song using the tune I've Been Working on the Railroad, uh, a black work dating back to 1894. At UT, this new version was later performed by white singers in blackface at minstrel shows. Over time, it became UT's school song. This summer, UT players sent a list of requests to school leaders. Uh, Some of them were met. But the school did not change the eyes of Texas. Several football players later said they would not sing it, and it was decided they would no longer do that, and they didn't have to stay on the field either. So Tom Herman has said, hey, we're going to encourage people to do it, but we're not going to require you to come sing the eyes of Texas. But if you go down to Austin right now, this week on the Austin American Statement website, the top story for Texas football was, quote, anger over the eyes of Texas threatens to engulf the Longhorns' entire season. This season is a game away from going completely off the rails for Tom Herman. Completely off the rails. The good thing for Texas is that they've got a bye week this week, and maybe things settle down, although maybe that's not such a good thing. You know, maybe when you're dealing with something like this, coming off a four-overtime loss to OU, you'd rather get back out there and get playing. And by the way, that next game for Texas is against Baylor 
And Baylor's a complete mess right now. They've got, you know, as of earlier in the week, 28 active COVID-19 cases on the football team. Who the heck knows when they're playing next? I'll get to that in a second. But this is just a, a wild time right now for Tom Herman. And if it wasn't for COVID, and if it wasn't for athletic departments being decimated across the country from a revenue standpoint, Tom Herman would be squarely on the hot seat right now. But he's not. And frankly, barring something unforeseen and a complete disaster, I, I don't think he should be. And I'm not the biggest Tom Herman fan. I've made that very clear. If you listen to this show, you know that. But this is such a strange year for a multitude of reasons. I believe you give the guy 2021 with the coaching staff back that he wants, and that's it. That's the year. Next year, he's got to prove himself. And you know what? He's not going to have Sam Ellinger. He's not going to have a senior quarterback. So it's going to be tough, but... I would give him 2021, unless you know for a fact that Urban Meyer is like, I got the itch, I'm coming to Austin. If you know that Urban Meyer wants the job, that's a different story. But outside of that, where are you turning if you're Texas, right? You're going to go to the group of five level. I mean, you can hire anybody when you're Texas, but you're going to turn this thing over again? I get the frustration at Herman. I completely get it. And he hasn't done a great job. He's fine as an underdog. He's bad as a favorite. He's lost games he shouldn't have lost. We all know that. But there's something to be said for just having stability. And as Justin Wells of Inside Texas said last week on the show, and he noted this, Chris Del Conte, the athletic director, is not the kind of guy that likes blown up coaching staffs for the sake of it. He prefers to give the guys that are in place the tools that they need to succeed and win. He's not a quick trigger on firing guys. So just remember that as this process is going on. But it's a complete mess down there in Austin right now. There's no other way to spin that. No other way whatsoever to spin that one. Now, it's not much better as you go up by 35 to Waco, Texas, where Baylor announced uh, that it had 32 active student athletes positive with COVID. I'm not laughing because obviously it's not a laughing matter. I'm just laughing because Baylor can't get out of its own way with COVID. They have had by far the most struggles when it comes to COVID-19 and the issues there. So our friends at Sikkim 365 Radio had on Athletic Director Mac Rhodes, and he told David Smoke, 32 active student-athletes positive with COVID, 28 are football players, 14 Baylor football staff members also testing positive as of the latest results. Now, they suspect it might have been a false negative, you know, uh, on the way to the West Virginia game. There's some talk about the Mountaineers locker room or being too big or something. I, I chalk it up to bad luck. I just genuinely think it's bad luck. If you look at what has happened this year, for Baylor, the opener against Louisiana Tech canceled due to COVID-19 issues with Louisiana Tech. Then it was uh, Baylor-Houston September 19th. That game was postponed due to COVID-19 and contract tracing issues for the Bears. Uh, for Baylor in that game, though, or leading up to that game, there was a lot of frustration because they felt like they could have played. But because of contact tracing, even though guys had tested negative, they said it was unsafe to play. So that was a tough deal. And now you've got this issue, which could become a Big 12 issue, not just a Baylor issue. Because if Baylor can't play next week against Texas, 
I mean, what happens? Because their game this weekend against Oklahoma State has been postponed to December 12th, which means that was going to be an open date if the Big 12 needed it. That means the Big 12 championship game is going to be December 19th. It can't be moved because the day after that is when the college football playoff committee is going to announce, you know, it's college football playoff. So that's it. I mean, that is the open day. There's really nowhere else to move it now for Baylor. They have an open day on November 21st, but you would have to match up exactly with another team that's got a bye week then to play a game on November 21st. So we're kind of at the point here where if and if push comes to shove, what does Baylor do? Do they forfeit games if they have to, like next week against Texas? I hope we don't get there. And I'm optimistic. I mean, Les Miles is expected to be on the sidelines this weekend for KU, and he tested positive late last week uh, with COVID himself. So there's no reason these announcements of the positive tests came down early in the week. That leads me to believe that you've got almost two weeks to get these guys ready for that, uh, that Texas game on the 24th. A lot of them, most of them could be ready to roll. If you shut down the football program now, let these guys get healthy quarantine, there's no reason you can't play a game on the 24th, assuming it's not all that bad, which for younger people, it's typically not. I don't want to force anybody to play football that isn't healthy. I'm just saying we've seen this play out now. And most of these cases are asymptomatic or very mild symptoms. So I'm optimistic that Baylor can be on the field next week. That being said, if they can't for whatever reason, what do you do? And this isn't meant to be a knock on Baylor. I think a lot of it's been bad luck, but still I, I, you can't keep moving games around. You've got one more open date. If push comes to shove, you'd have to be forfeiting these games. I don't want that to happen. I want to see these games get played. But, you know, moving them to like a Monday and then asking teams to turn around and play on a Saturday or moving it to a Sunday, like the NFL is doing that. Those guys are professional athletes, okay? They live, they breathe this stuff. They can move these things around. I don't believe it's fair to ask college kids to be playing on Sundays instead of Saturdays, turning around to play the following Saturday. That's just, that's not fair. So unless the bye weeks work perfectly, you're going to have to look at the forfeit as a, as a very, very legitimate and serious option. Pete Mundo and Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you another week. Boy, what a week it's been for the Big 12 Conference. Now there's so much to get into still. But coming up next... Let's get into our power rankings for the week because, boy, there's a lot going on. Also got to get into a big injury at the quarterback position in the Big 12. What does it mean? It's all coming up on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And, guys, I don't want to brag, but our picks are 14-4 and four against the spread this season in the Big 12, all right? 14-4. and four. Who else is putting up a number like that? I know what's his name, the bear on college game day isn't close to that kind of a winning percentage. We're killing it, and we're doing it with mybookie.com. Use the promo code BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus when you use mybookie.com and our promo code BIG12. That's BIG12. So get on there now. You can use it for your NFL bets, whatever you want to do. But, of course, the BIG12 action is can't miss. We've got you covered at mybookie.com. Tons of way to play, and here's the deal, too. 
you put in whatever you want to put in, 50, 100, 250, 500 bucks, and you get the free play right out of the gates. You don't have to unlock it. You just get it, and then you can bet with it. It is an awesome deal from our friends at MyBookie, and they're a big supporter of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. So if you want to see us continue to grow, MyBookie, the way to do it, and also get in your bets. Thanks so much, guys. MyBookie.com, promo code BIG12. That's BIG12. Well, as we like to do every week, let's dive into our Big 12 Power Rankings for the week. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So the Power Rankings done on a week-by-week basis, and let's get to them at number one. I've got the Kansas State Wildcats. Here was K-State without its starting quarterback in Skylar Thompson going on the road and beating TCU who was coming off an impressive win over the Texas Longhorns. That is as good as it gets. It wasn't always pretty, right? It wasn't this big, sexy win. But to go on the road with a true freshman quarterback making his first start against a Gary Patterson defense and walk out of there with a win like Kansas State did is as good as it gets. This team should not be overlooked the rest of the way. They're 3-0. and I admit I didn't pick them to win last week. I thought they'd cover the spread of 8.5 points. I did not pick them to win, but they proved me wrong again. I'm done getting proven wrong by the Wildcats, okay? I'm done with it. And it is just an impressive, impressive season thus far for Chris Kleiman. And boy, is that contract extension looking like a steal after a couple of weeks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable for Chris Kleiman. At number two, I've got the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I bumped them down a spot just because they didn't play last week. And, you know, let's be honest. They've beaten Kansas, and, you know, they've taken care of business against West Virginia. Still not sure what exactly the Mountaineers are. But regardless, Oklahoma State looks like it's one of the best teams in the Big 12. Strong defense, really good running game. If Sanders gets healthy and comes back and opens up the offense even more, and then this team really gets humming moving forward. So I'm excited to see how it plays out and, and what it means for Oklahoma State moving forward. But we've got them at number two in our power rankings this week. And by the way, that game this weekend against Baylor, of course, postponed to December 12th due to COVID issues for the Bears. At number three, Iowa State's solid win over Texas Tech this past weekend. You know, that game could have been 40 to 10. It, it, it did not the score of 31-15 did not do it justice. Iowa State owned that game start to finish. It was a fairly boring game, but Iowa State, you know, beating OU, beating TCU, went over Texas Tech. You know, that Louisiana loss looks like and feels like a lifetime ago in many ways, and Iowa State is looking very impressive. Brock Purdy's getting more comfortable with his wide receivers and tight ends. The defense is outstanding. It helps to have the best running back in the Big 12 right now in Brees Hall. Yes, I said it. He's the best running back pound for pound right now in the Big 12 Conference. And this team is going to be, boy, it's going to be a lot to deal with. Iowa State, Oklahoma State next week. Keep an eye on that one. That is one of the games of the week in college football. And it's definitely the game of the week in the Big 12. At number four, I've got the Oklahoma Sooners. They get a win over Texas last week, four overtimes, Red River rivalry. How terrible are the officials, by the way, adding 36 seconds for the Longhorns at the end of that game. Big 12 officials just keep, you know, uh, outperforming themselves on a weekly basis, don't they? (laughs) It's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. 
But still, OU's the favorite to win the Big 12 this season as of this week, which tells you a lot about OU and what the Vegas odds makers think of them. They've got some things to work out, but here's the thing for OU. With it being a young team and super talented, they're just going to get better and better and better. Like, that's why I've said if you're going to pick off OU, it's going to be earlier in the season with the young quarterback and young guys across the board. And that's, that's what you're seeing play out here this season. It's a young team that's working out the kinks. So keep an eye on that, of course, moving forward. At number five, I've got the West Virginia Mountaineers. They're coming off a bye week. They've lost to Oklahoma State. They picked up a win over Baylor last week. I'm keeping them in that number five slot. At number six, the TCU Horn Frogs. A loss. They dropped two spots uh, following that loss to Kansas State. The offense that looks so good against Texas was so bad last week against K-State. And I know K-State's got a good defense, but at the same time, I was shocked that Jerry Kill benched quarterback Max Duggan in favor of Matthew Downing. And then Downing has the pick six, and I was just shocked by that. Uh, Duggan was not the problem last week for the TCU offense, okay? They can't keep the guy upright. The offensive line is not good right now, all right? It's not good. And yeah, he's got to do a better job at times, but man, I'm just watching this and saying to myself, I do not understand why this benching happened, but it is what happened. And as a result, you got a situation now where I don't know if you got a quarterback battle, if there's some ill will in that quarterback room, what the deal is. But either way, TCU is sitting there at number six in our Big 12 power rankings. Number seven, Texas Longhorns. And just to think about Texas, as I noted earlier, being one onside kick recovery away from being 0-3 in the Big 12. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Now Tom Herman's got to deal with the eyes of Texas drama and everything surrounding that. I, I do not believe, as I've said, that he's on a serious hot seat unless things get way out of control. But not a good situation right now for Tom Herman. He's got to get a win next week against Baylor and uh, get back to just winning football games. My goodness. For a team that was projected to be in the Big 12 championship game, not looking good for Tom Herman right now at Texas. And there's a lot of reasons for that on and off the field. Number eight, the Baylor Bears. They played two games this year, beat Kansas, lost to West Virginia. I can't put them higher than eight. I don't know what this team is. So I've got Baylor sitting at eight. Hopefully they'll play next week against Texas. We don't know. They've got all these COVID issues right now, as we've noted. The game this weekend against Oklahoma State postponed to December 12th. At number nine, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I thought they'd come out and play inspired football on Saturday against Iowa State. They didn't. And I'm okay with a quarterback battle brewing right now between Alan Bowman and Henry Columbi. Alan Bowman does not look like the guy that he was under Cliff Kingsbury. He doesn't. Columbia's a transfer from Utah State, and I would not be shocked if Columbia's getting more reps here moving forward. At number 10 in the power rankings, where else do you go? Uh, let's just be honest. It's the Candace Jayhawks. They're coming off a bye. But this team, if they win a game, I'd be shocked. If they lose a game by a touchdown or less in the Big 12, I'd be shocked. I say it every week. I'll say it again. They're doing the rebuild the right way. They're doing the rebuild the right way. But it doesn't mean it's going to be pretty for Les Miles. And that's, unfortunately for him, a reality. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. All right. The big injury news this week. Skylar Thompson. Done for the year for the Kansas State Wildcats. Rico Jeffers hit him in the K-State game a couple of weeks ago in the shoulder area. Uh, 
you know, borderline cheap shot. I know K-State fans are saying cheap shot, and I'm sympathetic to a point. Without knowing the intentions, it certainly didn't look good. I like to give guys the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but, yes, I, I understand why you would say that. As a fan, it looked like a cheap shot. No doubt about it. That being said, now Kansas State's got to ride Will Howard the rest of the way to try to stay in the Big 12 race. And to be honest, it's going to be very, very difficult to do. I like Will Howard out of Pennsylvania. Seems like a, a, a solid prospect moving forward. His stats actually didn't tell the whole story. He was uh, 8 of 19, 117 yards with an interception. Uh, but he had a couple of drops that weren't his fault. I thought he handled the pressure pretty well for a true freshman. So he's got certainly good potential, but it doesn't matter. I mean, Kansas State's in a situation now where you're going to have to ride a true freshman quarterback. They can beat Kansas next week. They got a bye week at West Virginia. But those last four games, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Baylor, Texas. At this point, if you're a Kansas State fan, would you go, would you sign up for three and three down the stretch? That would be six and three in Big 12 play. Would you sign up for that? Figure a win over Kansas at West Virginia is a toss-up versus Oklahoma State. Let's say a loss there, a loss at Iowa State, although you beat Iowa State, it seems like, most years, even since Matt Campbell's been here. So I, I understand why you would say I'm not guaranteeing myself a loss to Iowa State. I totally understand that. But I'm just saying, would you take three and three or no? In which case, if they can get to four and two down the stretch, by the way, yeah, geez, go back. They really do own Iowa State. The last decade, Iowa State's got one win over K-State. So I understand why you wouldn't chalk that up as a loss. Would you sign up right now for three and three, or would you say, no, I want to go four and two? In which case, seven and two in the Big 12, that still may get you to a Big 12 title game in Arlington. Seriously. Seven and two might get you there. And you've got the tiebreaker over Oklahoma, who already has two Big 12 losses. So think about that. Kansas State could really end up being the story of the year, and not just the Big 12, but all of college football. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up next, our previews and predictions for this week in the Big 12. Well, there's only one game this weekend in the Big 12 Conference, but let's get to it, and we'll touch on a couple more items. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you. It was supposed to be a light weekend, just two games, but, of course, we had the uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State game postponed to December 12th because of COVID issues for the Bears, 28 active cases. So we've got one game. Not exactly a barn burner, but it's a game. It's football, okay? It's West Virginia and Kansas. Morgantown, 11 o'clock Central kickoff, Saturday, October 17th on Fox Sports 1. And here's what this game is going to look like. First off, the Mountaineers are looking for that big breakout win. Now, they've won games, obviously. They beat uh, Baylor last week in overtime. But they haven't had that just smashing, put-it-all-together game, at least not you know against the Big 12 team. They had it against... Eastern Kentucky early on. Sorry, that one doesn't really count. They lost to Oklahoma State. They beat Baylor in overtime. Now they've got a week off, and they had this KU game uh, this weekend. Now, on the other side, you've got a Kansas team that has struggled mightily. We've gone through these struggles this season. They got smoked by Oklahoma State last time out, 47-7. Lost to Baylor, 47-14. And then lost to Coastal Carolina. They were actually down on that game, 28-3. to KU is not good this year. 
All right, they're not good. And that's a nice way to put it. They're really bad this year. So I'm rolling with the West Virginia Mountaineers. I know that doesn't shock you one bit, but there's a few reasons why. First off, KU is going with Miles Kendrick at quarterback. I think that's the right call for this game. See if he can get some momentum. He's an upperclassman. Uh, he's got wheels. He can move around the pocket. See what you got in Miles Kendrick. On the other side, West Virginia is actually having a pretty good year running the ball this year. Letty Brown is ranked 17th in the nation, 107 yards per game. He's got four rushing touchdowns already, so he's off to a hot start. And this is a West Virginia team that struggled mightily, mightily with the running game last year. That has not been the case so far this season. And now they go up against a Kansas team that is getting smoked on the ground. Against Oklahoma State, KU gave up 295 rushing yards. Against Baylor, they gave up 203 rushing yards. 178 against Coastal Carolina. They're allowing teams to average about five yards a clip on the ground. Just shy of five yards a clip on the ground this season. And that is just music to Neil Brown's ears with the Mountaineers and music to Letty Brown's ears on the ground, who has been one of the best running backs in the Big 12 so far this season. And then the other side of the ball for the Mountaineers, the defensive line has been outstanding. As a team, the Mountaineers have 11 sacks in three games. That's the second most in the Big 12 behind only Oklahoma State. They're getting to the quarterback. Dante Stills is on fire. Two and a half sacks, four and a half tackles for loss. He was the preseason Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. He is living up to the expectations thus far. His brother, Dante Stills, is also having a, a great season so far. So this Mountaineers defense is doing its job, taking care of business. And you're seeing that play out during these games. But then KU has given up 15 sacks in three games. That's five sacks per game. That's well ahead of Baylor, who's second worst in the conference, giving up three and a half sacks per game. So where KU is weakest on the offensive line is where the Mountaineers are strongest on the defensive line. That is going to make things very difficult and, you know, make this a very long day for KU, who has also been without Les Miles, who is on Zoom because he got COVID last week. So this team, the Jayhawks, seem like they're a mess on the field. They've had issues to deal with off the field, and now they got to go to Morgantown. It's always a long road trip getting to WVU. You're going to have some fans in the stands for the Mountaineers. I think it's 25% capacity this weekend. So I'm rolling with the Mountaineers on a big, big margin, 42 to 17 over the Jayhawks. And you know what? I think they're covering that 23-point spread as well. I was on the fence because it is a big number, but I, I just I, I never forget this team being down 28-3 to Coastal Carolina. Oklahoma State could have pitched a shutout. Instead, they won 47-7. It was never close with Baylor, 47-14. So 23 is a big number to give. But you know what? We're 14-4 against the spread this year in our Big 12 picks. 14-4. Find me anybody that's 14-4 on any of their picks this year. We are 14-4 against the spread in our Big 12 picks. I'm rolling with the Mountaineers and a huge win at home and covering that 23-point uh, spread. Jarrett Dagey, at quarterback for the Mountaineers, has not been great. But that there's ever a game to get your mojo back, it's against KU. And that's what I see taking place this weekend uh, in this West Virginia versus Kansas game in Morgantown on Saturday. A couple of other uh, news and notes. Uh, Joshua Youngblood entering the NCAA transfer portal for K-State is a big deal. This guy was an All-American kick and punt returner last year. 
and one of the most explosive players in the conference. He's gone. This was surprising this week. I know he hasn't gotten the touches this year that he wanted to get and that he thought he would be getting uh, at wide receiver. But still, this is a big loss for K-State. So it's been a tough week. I know the Wildcats are still 3-0. and They're feeling good about themselves, but they lose quarterback Skylar Thompson for the year. And now you find out Joshua Youngblood has entered the NCAA transfer portal. And you just got to be like, dang, what else could go wrong this week for, uh, for the Kansas State Wildcats? And this is not shocking to OU fans. They should not be worried about this. But <laughs> according to the odds makers, Oklahoma head coach Lincoln Riley is the front runner to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, the Atlanta Falcons fired their head coach, Dan Quinn, earlier in the week. And now the favorite to be the next head coach is Lincoln Riley. This is nothing new for KU fans. It feels like they've dealt with this the last couple of seasons. Last year, Riley was tied uh, to the Dallas Cowboys job. He was one of five Big 12 coaches in the running for that job, according to Vegas. He had the third best odds behind Urban Meyer and Josh McDaniels. Turned out to be none of those guys. It was Mike McCarthy. He was tied to the Cleveland Browns job because obviously of Baker Mayfield. That didn't happen and never really got close to happening. So Lincoln Riley is like the hot, sexy name that gets tossed around, it seems like now, for these NFL jobs, for guys coming up from the college ranks. But I've said it before, I'll say it again. I know that OU's in a rebuild. But Lincoln Riley has alluded to the fact that he has unfinished business at OU. He wants to win a national championship. And frankly, I've never gotten the vibe that Lincoln Riley is one of those guys longing for a shot at the NFL. You always knew that Matt Rule wanted to be an NFL head coach. Heck, you know, he grew up in the NFL under Tom Coughlin, the Parcells coaching tree in some ways. I mean, that's that's who Matt Rule was. You knew that Matt Rule, if he had a chance to get to the NFL, he was going to take it. Hell, he flirted with the Indianapolis Colts job after his first year at Baylor when he won a single game. Lincoln Riley doesn't feel like that guy to me. Small town, Texas kid, loves the college game, young family, knows what he's got at OU, knows he could have this job for you know 10 to 20 years, whatever he wants, barring something unforeseen. He's got it. It's his. So he's not the kind of guy that's just going to jump to a mediocre NFL job like the Lions or the Falcons. Those NFL jobs, you see them happen every year. You do it for two, three years, you get blown out. On to the next guy. That doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that Lincoln Riley is. So Vegas can put its odds wherever it wants, but I'm I'm not buying it. (laughs) I wouldn't put the mortgage on Lincoln Riley being the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons with an aging quarterback who's a statue in Matt Ryan. I, I just wouldn't do it. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Leave us that rating and review, guys. It helps tremendously. We'll send you a free koozie. If you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And then also, mybookie.com. Promo code BIG12, BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus. All right? It is a can't-miss opportunity. Our picks are 14-4 and against the spread this season. Get on there and get 100% free play right out of the gates with the promo code BIG12 at mybookie.com. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next week.